Hi, I'm Jack. I found the Manhole podcast while searching for tips to become a male escort. After listening to the couple of episodes, I then listened to a few more and kept on listening. After about a year of consuming his content, I finally got a good enough job to be able to support him. I have been introduced to an incredible community of people through the Champagne Room and the super sexy Peep Show. On top of that, I get to listen to a shitload more content from incredible and fascinating people. If you enjoy the podcast, I would highly recommend throwing a couple of dollars Billy's way. And if you want to go a little further, come join us in the peep show. I swear you won't regret it. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the disaster damsels, the COVID cockhounds, and the quarantined queer babies out there. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, this week on the pod, I've got on an actress and beauty tip YouTuber, Monique Parent. This one's for all uh, all my older listeners out there. We didn't say old, we just said older than me who is 30. Uh, no, Monique is fantastic, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about age and beauty in Hollywood uh, in a little bit. Uh, but first, you know, I hope you're all staying sane out there. I hope we are all uh, keeping in good spirits. A lot of people, bring, you know, they call, they text, and they're like, oh, how are you? And I mean, by normal standards, I'm not doing great, but by quarantine standards, I'm in good spirits, and I think that's like kind of what we need to be shooting for is we're doing the best we can be right now, and we're going to round that up to good. Um, I got interviewed by New York Magazine last week, which you can check out at thecut.com. Uh, they they talked to me a little bit about my current polyamorous quarantining situation, um, so it's, it's, it's not a bad interview. It's a short little slice of life of what I've been up to over here. Apparently, a lot of people don't uh, still don't understand non-monogamy, which is fascinating, but it's okay. It's okay. They'll learn one day. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, the New York City Health Department because they put out a two-sheeter last week uh, titled Sex and Coronavirus Disease 2019. It is a document where, <gasps> gasp, shock, oh my gosh, the government, a government, uh, put the word sex on something and then gave us like good, accurate information so that we can make healthier choices as adult people. Oh, I love it. I know Twitter like definitely went around and like mocked it a little bit. I did too. I was like, Hey, New York city's kind of like the cool aunt who tells you about rim jobs and gives you condoms. But in all seriousness, this is awesome. And I wish more places did this. I wish this was a national, like a federal health document, but we can't put the word sex on any of those, right? But uh, this document, which I'm going to link to in the show notes, uh, gives you information, again, how COVID-19 is spread, 
which I hope we all know by now, but it also gives you some tips about like who your safest sexual partners are. Little spoiler alert, the city of New York advises that we all masturbate more. Yeah, they said that. They said, literally, you are your safest sex partner. Masturbation will not spread COVID-19, especially if you wash your hands and any sex toys with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before and after sex. Oh my gosh, we had the government say that. There's another bullet point in there. I'll leave it for you to find later, but there's a bullet point that says rimming. They said rim jobs in an official government document. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> so go into the show notes. Um, you'll see a link to that there. Please check it out. You don't have to be a New York City resident to want to uh, practice even safer sex uh, during such times. Yeah. Um, before I get to my guest this week, Monique Parent, I want to get to some of your emails. And I want to remind you, uh, you know, send your comments, your questions, your criticisms, your titty pictures all on over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, this first email, <laughs> the subject line is, bro, she's a challenge. I have been in my monogamous relationship going on four years and we are getting married in May. I don't think they are. Uh, I have been with roughly 200 sexual partners, some better than others, etc. I really struggle to get her, my fiance, to orgasm. I don't last a long time with penetration, but do try to make up for it in other ways, like fingers, tongues, etc., even toys. Dot, dot, dot. WTF, man, I don't know what to do. Any suggestions? Yes, we have spoken about it and cannot seem to find a solution. It's getting to the point I'm starting to think she's not physically attracted to me. Especially hearing her speak of old partners. Thanks, Will. Well, Will, hi, hello. First, let me give uh, you my condolences for your 100% soon-to-be-postponed wedding. I don't think that's happening in May, man. Look, my sister also has to put off her May wedding, even though she's still in denial about it. She's when the CDC said that you you should all cancel big events for the next eight weeks. I knew that my sister Morgan was like going to the calendar and like counting out the days. And she's like nine and a half. We're good. They're not going to be good. They're going to have to postpone that. I love that making your fiance come is one of your utmost concerns right now with everything going on. Um, But there's there is there's a lot going on in your email. So let's see if we can get to it all. Um. I'm glad you two have explicitly talked about this struggle. And it's even something I've struggled with in my relationship. You know, sexual confidence. You seem eager to please her in a variety of ways and recognize that your cock is not the only way you can get her off. And that's awesome. You are ahead of a lot of dudes right there. However, not knowing either of you uh, and not speaking to your wife, I can't sit here and assure you that your wife is attracted to you physically. And I, I just, I wouldn't get hung up on it, dude. Because the only person who can definitively tell you that is her. Eh. And she reassures you that you're sexy. You're just going to have to put your insecurities aside and believe her. Because your other option uh, is to convince yourself that she's lying to appease you. And she's prepared to marry a hideous fucking chud till death do you part. And that just seems like a weird life decision for anyone to make. So... I struggle with this too. 
If you're a longtime listener, you know that I've struggled with body dysmorphia for most of my life, and I only started identifying as cute like a year ago. Okay, and that took a ton of work. It took a lot of work for like women to tell me they think I'm sexy and for me to take their word for it. And I, you know, I hope you are working on that independently from your desire to fulfill your fiance. I've said this often, I'll say it again. Stop asking partners, especially, you know, vulva havers, stop asking, did you come? Instead, ask, uh, did that feel good? Or was that fun? You know, Megan and I have fallen into a pattern of uh, asking after sex. She, she really enjoys uh, asking, did you have a good come? And if, and if I ask her that, if she didn't come, she does not tell me that she did. If it wasn't great for her and, and I ask, she tells me the truth, usually followed by some constructive criticism. And I trust her if she tells me she came or if I did something well. I mean, I trust her in part because she also told me when it wasn't. This honesty thing is uh, is apparently not like a common concept I continue to learn, but that's uh, that's what I've tried to instill in all of my relationships. And in asking, like, did you have a good time? Does that feel good? That lowers the bar for success. If the only way you're gonna, it's gonna be a successful time, is if she has an orgasm. I mean, dude, that's just a high bar to clear. And there's so many reasons why she could have a really good time and also not come. Now, if your partner doesn't know how to be honest with you, I mean, you're never going to get the new information to change things, and that sucks, but that's not your fault. Unless you're, like, angry and violent and abusive when you receive negative feedback, then, you know, that's probably on you. But uh, I don't know. You know, you gave me uh, very limited information here, so I don't know if this, uh, this problem is something she's been complaining to you about or if this email just comes out of your own, you know, sexual insecurities. Okay, because like, does what you do feel good to her in bed? If so, I think you need to be satisfied with that for now. This pressure to like have an orgasm, especially for women, can sometimes be the only thing in the way of having that orgasm. You know, the more pressure we put on it, the less likely it happens. So stop trying to make her come, all of you, stop trying to make people come. Instead, just redirect your efforts to having a good time. Sex is fun. Have fun with it. The orgasms may very well follow. Now, here's a practical tip for you. Uh, let her help. I don't know if you've tried this. Whether it's you're fucking her and you you know, have her masturbate while, while you're inside of her or you add the toy into it. Um, or if you take your involvement out completely and just watch her. I don't know if you've done this yet, but just ask her, like, just watch her masturbate. See what she does. And let me tell again, let me say, don't tell her, I want to watch you get yourself off because now there's a bar to clear. Remember, just be like, just be like, hey, I'd like to watch you. And lastly, you know, uh, don't let yourself be spooked by ghosts of boyfriends past. Okay. If it bothers you to hear about sex with her exes who were able to get her off, um, ask her not to share that anymore. There's no shame in it. You're allowed to not want to hear those things, especially if they're making you feel more insecure about your own adequacy in the bedroom. So, you know, also advocate for your own boundaries in that regard if it's truly going to drive you fucking bonkers. Okay, don't don't let this whole orgasm thing get in the way of having fun with her in bed. 
my all this advice, by the way, maybe changes if if the complaint is coming from her. But right now, it seems like this is a you thing in your head. Get out of your head. So good luck with that, Will. Good luck. I got this other one. Uh, brief one. Uh, it says, uh, hey, Billy. I love your podcast after listening to 11 episodes. How often have you fucked your guests after you tape the show? It's so much fun listening to them laughing, flirting with you, getting turned on, and digging your scene. All right. Well, hmm. Uh, mm, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that happens. You know, when reconnecting with exes, the, the spark gets reignited. And, and sometimes we fooled around afterwards or sometimes we've tried to date again. Uh, again, these are like intimate conversations. And sometimes we find a connection and, uh, hey, I purposely try not to make the fi- the first move for the sake of professionalism, but luckily for me, uh, some really cute people on the podcast have been incredibly un- unprofessional with me, and <laughs> it's led to some fun. Um, I'm not going to go sit here and, like, dredge up a-, a percentage or a number for you, but, you know, look, it's happened sometimes. Hope that answers your question. I tried to be as not pervy about it as you probably intended. All right. Um, I had a really fun week, by the way, uh, interacting and playing with my patrons. Uh, it was so much fun. We had some, like, we had an epic game of Never Have I Ever and of Truth or Dare over the weekend. Just members of my fan horror community on Patreon. It was so much fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just want to say, I want to give a shout out to my fan horror community for hanging out with me, for being honest with me for supporting me through this uh, time and for just having some fucking fun with each other. Ugh, y'all are making this whole quarantine situation so much easier. And that's why we do a fan whore appreciation moment. Okay. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a few specific individualized shout outs to members of my fan whore community on Patreon. I want to give a shout out to Dion, Dion, Forget how to say your name, dude, but uh, you were fun during Truth or Dare. <laughs> I I actually personally dared this dude to uh, to open his window and profess his love for someone really loudly so all his neighbors could hear. And uh, and the video evidence was very entertaining. Shout out to Kelly Myler uh, and shout out to you and your whole office because apparently all of y'all are listening. Granted, you're not listening together in that office right now. I hope. But uh, hopefully they all hear it and they slack you and they're like, oh, my God, Kelly, did you hear you got a shout out on the podcast? And then she's going to be like, oh, I don't know. I skipped the intros. <laughs> but thanks for supporting. Uh, thank you to Josh, uh, another Aussie follower. You know, if we can just get like a few hundred more of y'all Australian uh, folks uh, in the Patreon community, maybe I'll come out there, you know, once the zombies are done. Great. And a shout out to Paladin24. You are just like my holy and horny warrior. Thank you so much for your patronage and your membership. You can become a member today and join an awesome sex positive community of like minded listeners. Members get access to private discussion groups, bonus content, uh, extra episodes. Uh, and right now, honestly, a, a, a schedule of uh, fun digital activities so we can stay connected to one another in these isolated times. You can become a member today for as little as $2 at patreon.com slash podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T, 
R-E-O-N.com slash Podcast. And now our guest this week, Monique Parent. Monique Perron. Uh, but she's a, a fun, cool lady. She's an actress and a YouTuber. She's also in a, uh, a documentary right now that will hopefully be hitting streaming services sometime uh, this year. Is called Gray is the New Blonde. Worth checking out. Now let's go ahead and chat with Monique Parent. You know, that's the thing that a lot of times in my interviews, people want to focus on all of that. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it, but that was, what, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? They want to focus on the fact that you did nudity in a time when that wasn't yeah, the norm? Yeah, when it wasn't as common. And they like to obsess, like, well, all, was all the sex real? I'm like, no, of course it wasn't real. It wasn't real when I murdered people either. <laughs> you know, it's it's acting. <laughs> you know what? I don't eat dairy products. And, and sometimes you see me drinking milk. Guess what? I'm not drinking milk. Do you ever tell them, hey, have you turned on the TV lately? There's plenty of like tits and ass on screen today. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we're focusing on mine from all then ago. From, from back then. <laughs> and it's just like anybody. Nobody really wants to talk about what you were doing in your past. People are more interested on what they're doing today. Yeah, and the future. Yeah. Yeah, and all that stuff. I, I, I feel like it would be so disjarring to like be doing stuff. Because it's not like you're just sitting around not doing anything. Like you are you have... Plenty of things in the fire, stoked yeah, in the fire or whatever. all sorts of stuff going it's on. It's like, you still want to talk about that? Like, you know, it, it, and you were saying that there be B-movies. Like, there was, we're not talking Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Like, what? why are we fixing? These were not great movies. <laughs> They're not memorable. They have completely forgettable titles. Yeah. Well, can, can, because I didn't do the my prior <laughs> research, can you share oh, like gosh, one or two titles? Let's see. Um, Just give me an idea. Playtime. That wasn't too bad a title. Uh <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, strip show. Everything got reduced to something strip or um, I don't know. You know, they. I can't even think of anything. But, but, but doing, they were always very salacious. Doing a lot of those is part of why you did so many of those that someone would want to fixate on it. Was it because there weren't as many actresses who wanted to do those scenes? You know, so you were I in was, more demand for that It was of one of those. I was good at it. Okay. And I liked working. And I didn't have anything on it. I didn't have like, oh, I can't do that. Mm. Um, so I was just comfortable with it. And I didn't I didn't realize that in time that would actually hurt my acting career mm. because I got really pigeonholed in that genre. Right. Do you think we're still in a place today where if you're willing to do some sort of nudity on screen that there's you're going to get pigeonholed or I, discriminated I do, against? I do think there is still some judgment. I I. I recently did a film called Cuck. Okay. I don't know if you've... <laughs> I did see... When you Google your name, it's one of the, you know, the little side yeah. widget on Google. That's one of the titles that does pop up. I yeah. did notice. It's a really Cuck. good movie. <laughs> and it came out on the same day as The Joker. And some of the reviews compared it to The Joker. To, to Joker. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got sort of a similar subject matter, but handled in a very different way. Okay. Um, I have a crap ton of nudity in that movie. Okay. I'm playing a porn actress. So, you know, we're doing the montage. So I've got, it's it's like massive nudity. Mm. And some people are comfortable with it. And some people just like to pretend that I don't exist. Like sometimes we'll do the Q&A after a screening and we'll all be sitting there, you know, and everybody's getting questions. And it's like nobody acknowledges that I'm even in the movie until finally one brave, and it's usually a woman, will say, those scenes must have been difficult. 
I'm like, yes, they were. We, you know, and I'll talk about doing those scenes. And then all of a sudden, the whole room lights up. Like, all of a sudden, it's that barrier has been crossed and it's okay to talk about. Someone talked to the old naked lady and yeah. you're just like, hey, hey, the hot old naked yeah. lady. Hey, there's an older naked lady in the movie too. <laughs> just, you know, for the record, I'm not the oldest naked lady in it. <laughs> well, I mean, like, but why why were those scenes hard for you? Um, Well, they're they're very graphic. Okay. Um, More graphic than you were doing back in the B films? No, about the same level of, of graphicness. Okay. Uh, and of course, everyone's got the naughty bits covered. But it's, you know, you have to grant permission to a stranger to handle your body and to touch your body in a way that you would only do with your most intimate partner. Mm. And you have to, like, they have to ask permission. You have to give them permission about every little thing. May I kiss you? May I touch you here? May I touch you here? And you have to, and it's one thing to do that with one actor. Mm. But when you're shooting a montage like that, you're this actor, now this actor, now this actor, now this actor. You have to renegotiate the terms of consent each time you each start from time. ground zero. And, and then that sounds exhausting. Oh, this is like one day of shooting. Yes, that sounds exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah, you know. And then and then you're you're shooting those scenes, and they're they're they can be physically very difficult scenes mm. because you're trying to show like a very graphic raw sex. So you're moving in a way that's like I'm 54 years old. You know, I'm with these very young men, very large, burly men, and they're bouncing me all over the place. <laughs> and I'm trying to, and of course, I've got all the naughty bits covered, and I'm trying to keep that covered from camera. Mm. And it's just, it's a grueling day. And the worst part is smelling them on you. Oh. You know? It's a, you know, smell, yeah, every orgy smells like Burning Man, but at least. <laughs> At least at the orgy, like you're probably, you know, you get to get off a little bit. You're on exactly. set. You, there's no, there's no real big payoff. You're, you're, there. you're actually there participating for a reason. This is just, <laughs> you know, this is, you know, making a movie that is, making a movie that's about movies. For all the magic part. of Hollywood, you think they could figure out a way to like take the smell out of the sex scenes? Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, you've got that. It's a 14 hour work day, mm -hmm. and people been oh. sitting around on set oh. for. 11 12 hours and then and then it's like okay now and the hot lights and it's just like oh that shower that i had this morning was a long time ago oh, <laughs> that makes me think of the people who don't shower before the play party i'm like come on dude it's Ooh. you you have a shower <laughs> yes you have a shower well uh this is a good time to say and i i will i, I want to ask is it parent or parent because i feel like your aura it, it can't be as simple as parent. I mean, it's it must parent. be something. Okay, it's I was parent. Like, is some sort of French. Like, it's parent. 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 Oh, there we go. Sometimes, See? sometimes I go into auditions <laughs> and the casting director, and this is Monique Parent. <laughs> and when I was in Paris, I had the French correct me on the pronunciation of my name. Oh, and what did they say? As only the French would do. <laughs> no, 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 Monique Parent. And I'm like, uh, no, Monique Parent. That's like my dad going to Italy because so there's an island off the coast of Capri called. Proceed Island, but that's not how you say it in the Italian. You, our name would be Progida, but he's like, yeah, Proceda. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he, he, my dad was, you know, he took my mom to Italy for you know an anniversary thing ages ago, and he's paying with the credit card. And they're like, oh, you, you were the Progida. He was like, yeah, my name's Proceda. They're like, no, Progida, Proceda. And we're like, who's on first? What's yeah, yeah. Happening. It, it's just like. Okay. <laughs> well, I am here with a uh, YouTuber and actor uh, Monique Parron. Mm, we, we. That's how I prefer. <laughs> 
Sayed. Uh, <laughs> thank you for chatting with me. Thanks it is my pleasure. Yeah. So you, uh, something a lot that I see, uh, like in your YouTube videos, a lot of it is like, I am a, of a different generation. I'm of a certain age and I'm still glamming up, getting pretty, getting sexy, getting dolled up. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there is this weird thing that happens to women, usually around the time they turn 40, but definitely when they turn 50, mm. we disappear. We become invisible. Like to that screening room. Literally. Yes, literally. Right uh, it, it will be, sometimes I'll be working on a job professionally mm-hmm. and especially to men our age, we don't exist anymore. Right. And it's not like it's not like I'm looking like I'll be working with a coworker who's around my same age and he won't even look me in the eye. We're not doing a sex scene. We're doing a conversational scene. And it's like he can't acknowledge me as a human being. Yeah. Like like women once we're past 50, I was going to we... say 26, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's true. You know, we just cease to exist. And, you know, a lot of women feel like they don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to show them that they do still exist and and that they can still put on makeup and they can still wear fun clothes and they don't have to give up just because they have gray hair Mm -hmm. or a wrinkle or they have reached a certain number. Of yeah. years on this planet. Well, what's it feel like, you know, especially specifically the screening of cuck where, you know, I don't know, you're, you see, it sounds like you were prominently displayed for a good chunk of time. Yes. What's it feel like to, to not, to be passed over, to not be asked anything? It's uncomfortable. It's to, to sit there, you know, and you start to feel like, why am I even here? I'm here supporting my film. I'm here, you know, to be asked. It's like I don't even exist. I and mean, I almost felt like standing and like, hey, I was in the movie too, you know. Yeah, didn't you Remember see my... the female, uh, you know, woman that, that female woman. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the female that he's he's having a relationship with? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like a side. It's not a. It's not like I was there for one line. Yeah. You know, I'm there for a good chunk of time. And, and do you find that this like uh, invisibility happens like where else do you find this happening? Oh, it it happens all over. When I was when I was dating, there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I feel I, like the cubs would be just like pouncing all over you. Yeah, well, who wants a cub? I, hey, hey, sorry, now. sorry. <laughs> Some people enjoy us. <laughs> Some people do, and you know what? Great. You know, I've I've had boyfriends that were. I think the youngest was about fifteen years younger. Okay. And how and, and did that turn you off to the younger men? Well, you know, he was dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> he he was just the dumbest, dumbest thing. You 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 look at him almost like you're about to weep for him. Like, it, I yeah, feel so bad. It, it's that he exists. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, you're fun, but I can't talk to you. Yeah. You know, once we're done, what do I do with you? All right. Do you think that was a product of his age or just him being? I think that was just him. I don't think I, you know, I, when I was 35, I dated men who were 35. Well, I, yeah, I did. Uh, (laughs) No, I was married. But around that time, you know, I was still attracted to men who were the same age or in that. And they seemed my husband at 35. He was smart. He was intelligent. Mm. I'm sure, you know, many men are, but this particular one wasn't. 
So what, you, you said you've uh, you're been dating your boyfriend for like three years. So yeah, about what three was years. The, the, uh, what was the dating life like being in your late 40s at the time? Oh, gosh. In I, L.A.? Dating was – I would go in fits and spurts. You know, I, I would – I would date hard. I would date anybody. You know, if they, it's like, if they seemed interesting, I'd give everyone a shot. I went on dates with men who were, you know, heavy set and not terribly attractive. And I thought, okay, well, this is going to be just like an, a nice evening. Maybe we'll be friends. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's become like, oh, this may be a, a real date. You, think, you took a lot of swings at the plate, it yes, sounds like. Yes, yes. And what's your mentality for that? Because some people get so selective. They're like, I'm going to be very careful with who I spend an hour with. And you were like, let's bring them on. Yeah, because you could be surprised. You can mm. be surprised. I I see women who are so picky and everyone has to, and men too. Mm. You know, this is not gender specific. Uh, people who are so like, I've got to have this and this. He has to be 5'10". And he has to drive this and he has to do this. And it's like, everything is so carved out. It's like, good luck finding that person. And why not let yourself be open to something else? Right. Somebody might check off five of your eight boxes and then they might have a different box that you don't even know that you like. Yeah. 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 You know, be open to whoever they may be. Well, so so how did your, your current boyfriend stand out? You know... Like many, like many people, I had a vision board. That's that, adorable. F- I know, isn't that? Yeah, you for- and college girls everywhere. <laughs> so I did my little vision board of how I wanted my life to look. And in this whole like vision of how I wanted my life to look, I had a little section for a relationship that I wanted. And I, I you know, tra- loves to travel, you know, do things together, farmer's markets, you know, all those stupid cheesy things. Okay. Um. I put that in there, but I didn't have a picture of the man because I kept looking at men in magazines and I'm like, I don't see myself with any of these men. Yeah. And then one the day- The guys I, with the abs, you were like, not for no, me. No, no. You know, I wanted somebody I could really be in a relationship with. So when you're fantasizing this relationship, you really had no physical anything? No, no. I've dated I've dated all different types yeah. and I can, I can find myself attracted to all different types. Okay. Um, but I couldn't quite commit to putting a, a guy's picture there. And then when I was on Bumble and I was swiping through and I saw this one man and I went, you know, this is the guy that I want to have on my vision board. Okay. And so I reached out to him and that's how we connected. And he lived 54 miles from me. Which here is like Insanity. very far, right? yeah. Insanity. In fact, when I was on Bumble, I swiped through all of the available men within the parameters that I set. I, as far as I I've would I've done tra- that. How, oh, doesn't it feel weird? You're just like, like really? really? I swiped all of it? You yeah. Sure? <laughs> that's, that's it? I used them all up? I broke up. your app? <laughs> <laughs> and then so, so sometimes, you know, you change your parameters. Let me change my age range a little bit. Yeah. Let me change this. And, you know, so I'd play with that. And one day, this is how I found him. I said, let me expand my, my areas Instead of looking within 50 miles, let me look within 75 miles. Mm. And there he was, 54 miles from me. Wow. He was four miles off. Yeah. If he had just gone to like a different gym that day, he might have <laughs> he been might have made the it. original parameters. <laughs> <laughs> and because of the distance, you know, 
54 miles anywhere else is not crazy, but here in LA, yeah. it is. Uh, and plus with somebody working a regular Monday through Friday job and, and being on very strict hours and a strict schedule, that meant we could only see each other rarely. Most of our relationship was developed over the phone. Wow. So we just talk to each other. Do you want to explain to some listeners what a phone was? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We used it for more than texting. Yeah. And then uh, it's it's terrible that I'm the most tech-savvy person in our household because I am so not. But I I taught him how to FaceTime. Wow. And then we'd, we'd so FaceTime. Teach we'd, him how to send a dick pic. Like, this is the button. <laughs> we'd do full <laughs> FaceTime <laughs> dates. Good for you. We'd set up you know, candles and, and he'd order dinner for me and send it to my apartment. What? And, That's and so we'd cute. have, we'd have little dinner dates you on ever, FaceTime. You like, watch a movie or TV show while FaceTime We didn't something? do that. We didn't do that. But, uh, it's, it was really nice for us. We'd each have, have our wine and we'd have our mm. candlelight and we'd show each other the food. <laughs> we'd be so dorky. But it was just that moment of like when the phone would connect and it's like, oh, there you are. I see you again. Yeah. I've missed you. And did you not get tired from the marathon dating that seemed like you were doing? Um, when I was doing the marathon dating with all these different people, yeah, that was exhausting. And I would go and, like I said earlier, I'd go in fits and starts. I would date like crazy and mm. then I'd be like, oh, fuck this. I can't do this anymore. But what's like the mentality uh, that kept you going through those mass batches and just keep swinging at it? Because so many get this illusion and go, fuck this, but way earlier. Yeah. I wanted to be in a relationship. Yeah. You know, I have good girlfriends, I have good friends, but I wanted a partner. So you're like, you almost taking it like a job being like, I, to find a partner, I have to go through a numbers game. I'm going to say her, I'm going to do my yes. swipes. I'm going to go to these dates until I find the one. Yes. Okay. And then every once in a while, you got to take a little mental health break. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I'm over these dipshits. <laughs> I'm just going to hang out with my girls and we're going to just like go on hikes and we're going to drink coffee and drink wine and bitch about men. Did you ever get um, like hopeless in all of it? Especially especially with like, in the, yeah. you know, the age you were at, I feel like there can be, it can be quicker to think, oh, I'm going to never find somebody. It, 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 it did. It yeah. did feel a little hopeless at times, um, particularly with gray hair. Because some people would be very attracted to gray hair and some people would be, it's blonde, right? No, no, it looks, it's actually blonde. Isn't it blonde? Your Do they say blonde. that out loud? Yes. Why are people so stupid? Because I'm stupid. And even <laughs> I know not the, like, I've been learning like, oh yeah, don't make actual, oh Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had, okay, this was weird. One time a guy reached out to me and then apparently we started, we started texting and he said, where are you? And I said, well, I'm, I'm in Studio City, which is mm. where I lived at the time. He's like, well, I'm in Studio City. And it looks like on my phone that you are very, very close to me. Right. He's like, in fact, I think you're across the street from me. And it was like seven in the morning. And he was like, do you want to just like meet? Yeah. I'm like, sure. Okay. I don't give a shit. I'm Come over. Me. Come across the street. So we, we, <laughs> we met out on the street. You know, he's in his gym clothes. I'm in my gym clothes. So I met out on the street and I could tell he was very disappointed that I was not blonde. And I was very disappointed that he drove his car. To where? Across the street. What? <laughs> wow. That was a, wearing gym clothes, which just seems dishonest. Yeah. And it's like. Were you too tired to cross? Yeah. He's like, well, I was just on my way to yoga class. It's like. 
No, you wanted to show off your car. Because, oh, was it a very nice car? I don't know. It was just oh. a car. It was not, you know, it's like, I'm too old to be impressed by a car. Huh? <laughs> that <laughs> you know, runs out after a while? Well, after a while, you start to go, I don't care what you drive. You know, are you a good person? Well, are you kind? <laughs> well, I guess what are some of the, the priorities that, I mean, also, I'm, and we can ask about the marriage in a little bit, but like, um, what have you seen as your dating priorities what have you seen shift in your dating priorities from maybe right before the marriage or like when you were dating before that to after? Well, when I was when I was dating my ex-husband, I was in my 20s. We mm-hmm. got married when I was 29 and then we got divorced when I was 39. Mm-hmm. So I was no longer at the point where I was thinking about somebody to be the father of my children. And when, when did you guys start dating? Oh, when I was 25. Okay. So you didn't get to do a ton of dating before you no. were locked down for like 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in a 15 year relationship from a very early start. So then I get and then 49. So that would be uh, 39. That would have been like 10 years ago. Online dating's on the rise. I think Tinder's just on the cusp of coming out. What was it like to you know get divorced at 39? And the dating world is so different. You know, I jumped right into another relationship. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a nice way to have to avoid the internet. Yeah, it's just I jumped right into another relationship, which was a terrible idea. I do not recommend that. You make poor choices, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was not a good thing for a couple of years. Yeah. And then I extricated myself from that, and then. You know, I dated and then dated and then, you know, it wasn't, I was just more about being with me okay. than really dating. I would go out on dates periodically and then I go, okay, well, I'm good with that. I'm just going to go back to being with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, with, so within dating, it doesn't sound like you were invisible to men. I, like at least on the apps and such. No, I, I didn't really go through a lot of, of, of an invisible to men as far as the dating front, but I do see that when in the professional world when i'm working i will have a lot of 50 year old actors refuse to look me in the eye like like they're afraid i might be attracted to them and then they're gonna have to deal with the fact that some old lady wants them yeah i don't know and god forbid they looked in you in the eye and were like oh my god i think i'm into it yeah (laughs) you know it's just i don't understand their reason but i see it often enough to wonder about it it's like, why why does a mature woman, why does a woman your age make you so uncomfortable? Why do you think? I, I think because it makes them see their own mortality. Yeah. I think they, they see their own age. You know, as long as they're dating the 26-year-olds, they can say, yeah, I'm a stud. I'm a, I, I got, got it. it. I'm not actually 52. I'm, you know, I'm still young. I still bang like I'm 36 or whatever. Yeah. And what, well, I guess what's got that sounds like a discomfort with their own age. What's made you so comfortable with your age and with what am I going to do? I mean, I am what I am. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to change it. I could, I could get Botox, I could get injections all over the place, I could have plastic surgery and be drawn back to here, yeah. but that's not going to change the fact that I'm my age. Yeah, I agree, but not everyone is so comfortable as you. It's uh, not everyone is, and I'd like to make people more comfortable with it. Yeah, Did- And that's not to say I have anything against the cosmetic work, and I certainly will do some cosmetic work. I get Botox every once in a while, Okay, but you know, you still just look your age. Yeah. Now you look your age with Botox. Well, were, were you always so comfortable in your aging process or did, is that something you kind of no. have to figure out? Uh, 
I was never 49. I went from <laughs> 48 to 50. Okay. When I turned when I turned 48, I just started or 49, I started telling people that I was 50 cuz it was just going to make it more comfortable. So I was never 49. And then when I was in that not 49, I I had been I had left acting for like 3 years to mm-hmm. do some stupid sales job, so I was living in Arizona and I moved back to California, and maybe this was a midlife crisis, but I pretty much decided that I needed to make a big change in my acting career, and I sort of basically shaved most of my hair off mm-hmm. and then let it come in gray, bleached out the rest, and then let it grow in gray. Did you do a cool side shave? Yeah, I did. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I knew you were cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. It's like I had this little tiny peach fuzz. I'm like, ooh, that's so fun to play yeah. with. <laughs> But it still sounds like you were in general comfortable with with the aging process, with beauty and age. I knew that I couldn't fight it, yeah. so I had to accept it. And you were like, I'm not going to bang 26-year-olds just to feel younger. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to make me feel younger. And it's – all of the women that I know that en- have ended up in relationships with much younger men do get left at some point because as those men age and mature, they decide that maybe they would like to have – children Mm -hmm. they would like to have a family and that older woman is not going to be able to provide that for them Mm. so i've seen that quite a few times with some friends do you do you find yourself coaching uh some uh, friends that are also your age to who are who's single they're out of their first or second marriage and i actually my my one teach any of them how to use tinder (laughs) this is I had one friend who right out of her marriage she you know i i worked with her a little bit on on doing uh the the dating apps and she very quickly went you know what i'm i don't want to be with anyone right now i just want to focus on me she's like i boys don't matter wow she just went totally just shut them off she went like i'm done Mm. she's like maybe someday but right now i got shit to do Mm. so what uh what led to you uh doing the youtube videos i when i made the decision to go gray I made a video. What do you mean by deciding? Can you decide to go gray? Well, yeah, I can't decide to not get thinner up top. So. I, <laughs> just not deciding to go gray is coloring your hair. Okay. So at the time you're still coloring it. Colored blonde. my hair for 30 years. Wow. 30 years of, of every three weeks laying that dye on my on my scalp and, mm-hmm. and getting rid of the that white that I could see. I was always chasing that white stripe. Okay. So when I finally decided to accept it, when you're ready to go gray, you can do it a couple of ways. You can shave your head completely and start over. Okay. Uh, you can let some of your gray come in and go through a very expensive highlighting process where they color your hair and it can take about 10 hours. Mm. Uh, color your hair to match your gray. Uh, that's a very expensive option that costs upward of $1,000 to okay. do it because it takes so much time. Or you can just grow it out. And let that stripe become wider and wider and wider. And those women that you see with that ever-widening stripe, those are some badass women. Yeah. Because every single day, they have to look in the mirror and go, I don't look good. I have this, like, I have white hair to here, and now it's, like, faded orangey brown on the ends. Okay. As it, as it gradually grows out until they get to the point where they can cut it all off. 
That's pretty wild because, you know, you grow it long enough. I imagine you can see exactly where it started you going, can, the change. And so it's almost like rings on a tree. You can exactly. like see your aging process through just the hair that's down to your shoulders. Hair grows an average of half an inch a month. Uh, not on me. <laughs> not on me either. <laughs> so, you know, you can see how long they've been doing it. Like you said, rings on a tree. Mm. And that is a really difficult way to do it. And as an actor, that's just not practical. Mm. Nobody's going to hire me with this half white, half half red hair, or then half blonde hair. So I had to do something all at once. So I cut my hair very short, bleached out the rest, put a silver tint on it, and then let it grow in. I made a YouTube of me doing the silver tint because I thought, well, if this works, other women are going to want to know about it. Mm -hmm. Then I forgot all about it. Several months later, I saw it had about 25,000 views. And I thought, hey, let me do another one. And then let me do another one. And then people were asking for makeup videos. And I'm not really a makeup artist, but I thought, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Because I was looking in magazines, just as I have done since I was 13 years old. That's how we develop our own style. We look at the, the women's magazines, the fashion magazines. And we're like, oh, I like that style. I like that look. And I wanted to see, what color makeup do I wear with gray hair? Except there were no gray-haired women in any of the magazines. Mm. And I thought that if I am feeling that way, other women are feeling that way. So why not go on YouTube and just make videos where I put makeup on and be a face where women can relate to them. Just be basically a Barbie doll. Are there different like makeup tips to do like later in life? There are. And I don't know all of them because I'm not a makeup artist. I'm an actress who's absorbed some things. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't like to call what I do tutorials. Okay. I do a lot of get ready with me. Yeah. I like that. You (laughs) know, because let's just, let's just hang out together and put makeup on, and I'm going to experiment, and I'm going to try things, and sometimes it's not going to work. <laughs> I'm editing a video right now where it's like, oh, this is not good makeup. But it all washes off. Yeah. And sometimes women have been so busy raising children, they've forgotten to play with makeup, and they've forgotten that part. They've forgotten like, to be pretty. They've they've forgotten their sexuality. Exactly. They, they, they go from a, a sexual being to this parental being and then they forget that they're allowed to still be i have a lot of listeners who like they they just realize oh my god i'm 45 and the kid's finally like out of the house because he's in high school and oh my god i'm a horny person sometimes or i'm a romantic person or i deserve love or attention and all that yeah but then it's like oh yeah i forgot how to do the makeup yeah i've forgotten how to do it Mm -hmm. or or i feel like I can't make a mistake because we seem to live in a society where nobody's allowed to make mistakes, where we have to be perfect all the time. So I love showing in my makeup videos where I make mistakes. Mm. And it's like, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, great. How do we fix this now? And I like to show how I correct it so that you know when you make a big mistake on your way out to a big event, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. You can fix it. Here's how you do it. And you keep going. Or you modify the look a little so that it's like, okay, yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, the, I mean, have you noticed, like, is is there a tip, like, in particular you've noticed, like, oh, this helps me more than it did 30 years ago? Um, like, is there something, is there, like, an age-specific, like, beauty makeup tip you might give? Age-specific beauty makeup tip, keep it moist. 
You know, that's the one thing that we as women lose as we age because of the loss of estrogen. Mm -hmm. Our skin just loses that moisture. So drink a lot of water, eat an avocado, eat the salmon, and use moisturizer and use sunscreen. And that is for any age. That is the best beauty tip I can offer any man or woman or, well, even an animal. (laughs) Put on sunscreen. Put on sunscreen. Wear a sunscreen every single day. Mm-hmm. What does that do for the skin? That is going to keep you from having those those wrinkles and age spots. Oh yeah, Jesus! Gonna... I I tried to take like a boomerang the other day of just me smiling. I realized like, oh, I'm gonna be a wrinkly man because like, and you tell me because I don't know skin. Look at how I dress. This is I don't know what I'm doing in my you life. You have terrific skin. You have beautiful skin. Thank you. Um, you do have some nice crinkles around your eyes. You smile this a is lot. Me smile. I go. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done it a lot. Yeah. Is that, I guess that's a good thing then. That's a I was, good uh, thing. I was crying less maybe. <laughs> you know, there's, when when I do get my Botox done, yeah. I only go for the spot right here. Right uh, in between. Your, right in between okay. the brows so that I don't look like I'm frowning when I don't mean to be frowning because I tend to frown when I'm just concentrating. Oh. But I don't get it around my eyes. I like the crow's feet. Yeah. Those are all from smiling. They've shown life. They've shown happiness. Uh, your skin looks terrific, but you are very fair. So you need to be wearing an SPF 50 all the time. Oh. All the time. Another thing I have to add to my routine, come on, that Rogaine's twice a day. Yeah, every top day of your head life. too. Get, get a little spray. Sunscreen. Yeah, I'm still not, I'm still accept, I'm, I am learning to accept the up top situation yeah, yeah. as newer for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I cannot get tan. I don't know what it is. I haven't been tan since 2007. I, <laughs> Have you considered tattooing? Like tattooing it brown? Your, yeah, your scalp. I probably wouldn't want a tattoo tattoo just in case I ever did go, like if I ever wanted to shave off or yeah. well, you never know yeah. if like I'm trying to do a thing where they're like, hey, would you be willing to shave for this role? Or So I don't, I don't want to put anything permanent yeah. up there. Yeah. But I, I know there's like- the sprays. There's sprays or stuff. I've never really played with that. Uh, it's it's not so terrible if I'm yeah. shampooing. It's but. you know it's one of those things you just do it for when you're on camera. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what I'm supposed. Like, I just turned thirty last year. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and changing as I age. Like, are there any guide tips that you would give? You know, um, really, it's the same thing same that things. that for women. Take care of your skin. Mm-hmm. Wash your face every night before you go to bed, and Put on a moisturizer. Oh. It, it, it doesn't matter which one. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you can use anything that has, um, oh gosh, now I'm drawing a blank on it because everything is going to Rogaine and that's not it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll write some things down. Okay. I can't think of it right now because I'm having a brain fart. That's okay. <laughs> well, so you, it, sound, it seems like you've, well, so you were married for like, you were with the, the fella for like 15 years. Yeah. You know, did you, it seems like you've always retained the sense of like beauty and sensuality. Like it doesn't seem like you ever lost that. No, no. Why would it, you want to lose that? Well, I don't think anyone wants to lose it, but like something I hear from so many of my older listeners is like it gets lost it somewhere gets lost in the fray. Somewhere. So how have you retained your sense of sexuality? You Just, know, um, by making the choice too. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget to make that choice. What does and that it, choice look like? Is it looking in the mirror and saying, you go girl? Is yeah, it doing it? 
it's looking in the mirror. It's it's working out every day. It's yeah. taking care of your body and and realizing that it's not about skinny. It's not. I don't care what size you are, but you should work out every day. Mm. You know, you should get some exercise. You should keep the blood pumping. Um, yeah, masturbate. You know, keep yourself alive as a sexual being. I think that too many people get they forget that part mm. because they get so busy parenting yeah. or you know, working. Or or if they do end up having time for anything that's sexual, it's like, I guess, pleasing that person who sleeps in the bed with me. And even that maybe isn't that great now. And Yeah. I mean, one of the things we do is a lot of times, you know, my boyfriend has a really busy work schedule and he's mm-hmm. got to be there Monday through Friday. It's not flexible. Right. Um, but what we'll do a lot is we'll have, we'll make out when we go to bed. It'll be like, well, you know, hey, should we make out tonight? You, you you will ask yeah. that explicitly. Yeah. It's oh, like, that's hey, so can we cute. have a little makeout sesh before we go to sleep? It's like, yeah. That- so we'll make a point of like climbing in bed about fifteen minutes or earlier, and just like make out. Do some making out. Do some heavy heavy petting, as yeah, they said back absolutely. in the day. Absolutely. And it just and then you go. Okay, now I'm heating up. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 call it. <laughs> oh, you'll call it. You'll eat yeah, it. yeah, because. Uh, well, Is it sometimes you're just like, oh, that's, that other thing's too much work? Well, it's it, we know we'll be there a long, a long time. <laughs> oh, good for him with the stamina. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, did you, were you able to keep um, the other uh, two ways I hear that the spark can f- go away is either with age or just longevity of the relationship? Yeah, this is we've only been together for three years, right? But so. y'all are y'all are both in your fifties, and so you're keeping the spark alive in your age. But with your previous marriage, that was just a very long relationship. It was a very long relationship, and it disintegrated for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just grow apart. I'm sorry, <laughs> you just grow apart, and sometimes when you grow apart and you just stop having things in common, that is one of them. How lo- how far into the marriage did you, I guess, first start to sense something's amiss? It, it really started disintegrating when we moved to Ventura. So about five or six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we moved out of L.A. up to Ventura. And it's kind of, it's not a bad idea to, it's, it's not a good idea to move your wife away from all of her friends and all of her interests. Mm-hmm. And, and just so that you can go surfing. <laughs> Get him close to the beach. It it might be bad for the relationship. Okay. And and so what was like the first thing you noticed kind of break down there? Like you're near the beach. Is this like, are you stuck at home? Is he out? He was out surfing every day and then he'd be going to sleep at like eight o'clock at night because he had to be on dawn patrol. And in between he's at work. Yeah. He didn't like to work all that much. Oh, awkward. So, yeah. So yeah, when you kind of lose respect for someone. That kind of goes away. Well, five, six years in, what keeps you in for the other like eight or nine? Well, you, you, well, no, this do you, was, do you all have this was, uh, no, we okay. didn't have children. Uh, this was five or six years into the marriage. Okay. So we'd already been together for 11 years at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're in for 11 years and you kind of want to stick it out. And then you have that trial separation and then you get back together. You know, there's this whole process. Is there a feeling of sunk costs? Yeah. 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 It's like I've already put in this time. It's like I've put in the time. Let me, let me, let's, let's do all the things that we're supposed to do. Let's try to make it work. Because something I'll notice, like either in briefer relationships I've had, um, or just in general amongst like, you know, 
millennials, I'll just say that, is that there's almost like this desire to not be, if there's a fight or if there's something like off in the relationship, there's almost this nervous energy to resolve it as soon as possible. It, it, it can't be something that's resolved over the course of months. It must be resolved over the course of hours or days. And I feel like when you're in 11 years, you can go, I'll take a few years to fix this. Yeah. And I'm like, you couldn't tell that to a 27 year old who's been dating someone six months, you, you know, or even if they've been dating them five years, they'd be like, no, we need to fix this soon. Yeah. I can't be in an uncomfortable state for too long. You know, it's like, and life is not always comfortable. And sometimes, you know, you just like, let's go to therapy. Let's, let's, let's learn where we are not communicating well. Yeah. Let's see if we can make this better. Uh, too many times I think that we just don't communicate well as human mm-hmm. beings. And that's, it's hard to do. And that's one of the reasons why I think my current relationship works so well is that we make a point of communicating. Was that something you learned from previous relationships? Yes. Yes. And did like, did one of you kind of bring that up at some point? Yes. Yeah. Right, right from the get go. In fact, <clears throat> one of our first conversations on Bumble, in fact, I think he had in his profile something about communicating and so when I reached out to him in that, my very first message to him, it said, "Let's give that let's give that communication thing a try, shall we?" Yeah. <sighs> and and how did how did that proceed? It, it, it's he's <laughs> like, "Yes, let's yes. try that." It's and, it's just so crucial. I my my current girlfriend, um, you know, I think we early on realized we had different communication styles, which isn't bad. But then we had to recognize how can we mesh the two ways we interact. And like, er, you know, I last time I was in LA was. August or September, and we had a little bit of a riff. And I don't like doing serious talks with my thumbs. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to call, we need to be able to talk. Or I proposed emails also great. Cause email, like a t- I get a text, I feel like, well, I need to respond to this soon because I, also I could forget it. You, you can't, yeah. you can't mark a text unread, but an email, I can read it. I can read all of this. I can process it. I can mark it unread so I can't forget that I have to respond to right. it still. And then when I'm ready, and that might be the next, that might be 18 hours later. Yeah. I, I can sit down. I have 10 fingers to use and I can properly put out my thoughts. Yeah. But if you want to do this through like a texting exchange, oh, I'm like, that's not going to work yeah. for me. And so when we realized that, we were like, okay, sometimes it's, hey, can you send me an email? Cause I want something sweet. And sometimes it's, I'm really upset. I'm going to send you an email. And like, that was a way we were able to negotiate a better communication style. No one's style was right or wrong, but we had to figure out how we're going to do it with each other. That makes sense. Yeah. We will have, uh, sometimes we will be having a difficult conversation and we realize that it's just going to go round and around and around and around. And we'll just say, why don't we just put this on the shelf for a while? Yeah. Let's go to, let's, let's sleep on it. Yeah. Let's get some food. Yeah. Let's just come back to this when we are not feeling quite so emotional about it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, with, do, you, do you get a lot of feedback from the, the from the videos? Yes, what, yes. What kind? Because of, oh, it's wonderful. Hear, hearing older folks, and again, because I'm 12, so everyone. <laughs> but which that line's getting less and less cute as I age. Because like when I, I started to show yeah. at 24, I would talk about like a 31 year old as like mm, that's an older woman, uh, and I'm like 31 year old is my peer. Yes, <laughs> but but I do get a lot of feedback from older listeners, listeners in their 40s, 50s, um, and sometimes 60s, who are just so excited to hear. Uh, like sexuality is not restricted from them that they can date later in life. They, oh, absolutely. they enjoy hearing from um, guests of mine who are in their age ranges. And, you know, I got to imagine you're flooded with that type of feedback 
I would imagine it's stuff like, thanks for helping me figure out how to be pretty again. A lot. I, I, it is so wonderful to get these messages from women saying, I had forgotten that I was pretty. Yeah. You know, or, or my daughter told me that, you know, my daughter showed me your channel and now I feel pretty again. And my husband has noticed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people say, all of a sudden my husband's taking notice and, or my husband kept saying my gray hair was ugly. And then I showed him your channel and now he saw that gray hair can be pretty. Gray and hair now can he be sees fucking it. hot sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like, if, yeah. you know, if it's, if it looks good, you know, not all hair is created equally. No. But like, if you got gray hair and like, if you, oh man, like I, I, I was looking through your Instagram. Was, there, were, there were a couple shots that were like kind of recent that, um, it was like big. It looked like you had done some stuff. To oh it. yeah, I had all and sorts of hair extensions and. <laughs> but I was, it, it all looked full and luscious. It was like, damn, you know, it was like it can be fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. And then you know Hollywood's got its its issues with uh with the the older actresses. Yes. What What do you think still needs to be changing? Uh, they they need to open up their eyes and see. Ageism is sort of one of the final isms mm-hmm. that that Hollywood really needs to address with itself. Um, I mean, we're far from we're still we're still got all the other isms that yeah. we're not doing well. Trust you're, me you're on like, that. Don't worry, everyone. I know, I know I, uh, racism yeah, isn't yeah, dead yeah. yet. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, it's just... still this is just another <laughs> one. You know, there's all these isms that Hollywood is still just starting to learn and starting to address. Yeah. Uh, but ageism is one of the big ones uh, because they see gray hair and they, I only get cast as grandma. Yeah. I can't go in on mother. I can only go in on grandmother. And that's, it, it's so limiting. It's like, can't I be the senator? Yeah. Can't I be the judge? Can't I be the doctor? Uh, we don't have old lady doctors. No, what are you talking about? silly. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's Hollywood still sees women of a certain age. You know, once you, particularly once your hair is gray, you can only play a certain thing. You know, how many women with gray hair do you see? You see Helen Mirren. Yeah. Though lots of times they they frost her out to a blonde, you know. And uh, Helen Mirren had to do a lot to be allowed to be Helen, to do that, right? And she's 70. I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so does that mean that I don't get to exist for 20 years? Yeah. You know, while I while I age appropriately? You know, women, there's this sort of thing where it's like you get to be a cougar in your 40s, and then you have to go away when you're 50 and 60, and then you come come out when you're 70s and you're spry and fun. Yeah. It's like it's like funny grandma. Yeah. Uh, when, once, you're, once you're a funny grandma, you can come back. Yeah. But it's like there's that 20-year period where it's like, just, just go hide in a closet. We don't want to know anything about you. We don't want to think about you being sexual. Because, ooh, that's creepy. Right. You're old. Even though we just watched Cuck and we watched you be very sexual with multiple people. Yeah. And yet no one wants to talk about it. it exactly. You know, it's one of the things my boyfriend and I do every time we're in the elevator, we start making out because we know that somebody's watching the cameras. Yeah. And we're like, oh, it's those old people making out again. That's so creepy. See me? I'd be, <laughs> I'd be in the security room with popcorn. be like, yo, guys, it's that old couple making out again. Come on. It's, Come on. It's good for them. <laughs> we're happy about it. But I mean, like, how does that feel to, I mean, like, I do, are you nervous about your career moving forward, knowing that there still aren't the, enough of the right kind of roles? I, it's, I'm not nervous about it so much as 
I, I feel that it's my job to push and open up doors. It's my job to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could very easily step back and, and just disappear, but I don't intend to. I'm going to keep pushing it. Uh, I keep, I try to get in on parts. Of, I go in on parts for men. Anytime they say, you know, male or female, I submit myself. I'm trying to get into different ways of, of showing a gray haired woman just being normal. Yeah. Being something else. Grandma's great. Right. But all the other things, you know, just it's it's a it's a hard struggle. Sometimes it's disheartening. Sometimes when I go several months without work, it'll be like, oh fuck. It's over now. Yeah. And then it'll break. And then another one. And then another one. And my boyfriend will laugh and he'll just see, I told you, just just wait. Another rush is coming. What does keep you waiting? Like what 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 allows you to wait and not stop? Good question. <laughs> Big headedness. I mean, it mean, sounds great that you have like uh, such a supportive boyfriend. Yes, I, mean, oh, I gotta gosh. imagine that helps. With that, that is such a help. That is as such opposed to a you help. being like, I don't know, maybe I should quit. And he's like, Yeah, that'd be great. Then you'll be around more. Yeah, no, no, he he doesn't want me to quit. He wants me to keep going, and and he thinks that I will be a big star. He is my biggest fan. He's yeah. like, you just, you, the, the TV series is coming. It's coming. They just haven't found you yet. Yeah. But, uh, Isn't it know. beautiful having a, a partner who, who's so, like, my, my girlfriend now is, like, so too supportive. Like, she's, she, I think she thinks better of me than I am. Have you dated anyone who was not supportive oh, gosh, yes. of the acting Oh, career? yes. Many, many, many. Ex-husband? Uh, ex-husband was supportive? Every time like I condescendingly supportive, like, hey, if you want, go for it. Why not? No, every no. jaw was. I booked a gig. How much? Oh, I booked another gig. How much? It it was really just about how much money I was making. Right. He didn't to care about provide the value. You know, sometimes, you know, when I do a commercial, yeah, that's about how many dollars do I get? Sometimes I'll do a film, and it is not about how many dollars I get. It's yeah. like. This I'm doing it for the art. Yeah, cuck. It's it was cuck for the dollars of the art. Yeah, the art. <laughs> the art. Yeah, yeah. It's, babe, how often am I going to get felt up on in one day by a bunch of hot men? Exactly. <laughs> but you know, it was one of those when when I got the script and I read the script, I went, "This is intense. I don't even know if I want to audition for this movie." Yeah. And we sat down and we had margaritas. And we discussed, am I even going to audition for this film? Mm. And I, we, we talked long and hard about it and discussed all these scenes. And I let him read the script. And he read the script. And he's like, wow, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. But wow, is it intense. I didn't even think about with, you know, when we were talking about scene negotiations in the very beginning that, you know, another negotiation that I guess kind of has to happen is with a potential significant other Back home, absolutely. What are you comfortable? Are you? I mean, are you going to be okay seeing me on a massive screen doing X, Y, or Z, or portraying X, Y, and Z? Absolutely, and that was that was hard for him. You know, he he was proud of me. He thought I did a great job, uh, but it was still hard for him to watch those scenes. Mm-hmm. I took my mother to, to the theater with us. It was hard for her to watch those scenes. <laughs> yeah, and I gave her. I, I warned her. I said. Here's going to be a lot of stuff you don't want to see your daughter doing. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I, I, I just kind of looked down. 
But like when I saw Titanic with my dad when I was 10, I'm just like kind of, as soon as the tick comes out, I'm like, I want to look, but like, I don't want him to see me looking. They're shame. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, and so you're in a uh, documentary now called Gray is the New Blonde. Yes. You looked fabulous in the red carpet photo, by the Thank way. Thank you. Love the dress. Thank you. I have had that dress for 25 years. Yeah. It's vintage. I found it at a thrift store in the 90s and I have I wear it about once every five years okay (laughs) (laughs) and it's interesting that it looks better on me now than it did 25 years ago nice yeah uh well why don't you tell us a little bit about the documentary gray is the new blonde is just this wonderful passion and project by a director who is a silver-haired woman Mm. who realized you know just the the all the all the different aspects of every time she'd go out and some people would talk to her and say you know i'm thinking about doing that how did you make that choice and did you grow it out and and so she started interviewing different women to share their experiences mm. and it's just a very exciting film where you see women of all ages and all ethnicities mm. talking about their experiences with the journey to going gray, making the decision to go gray, how their family reacts to it, how strangers react to it. Uh, you all talk about the invisibility that you've been a discussing? Lot. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and I think it's such an important film because women can, when it, when it does get a streaming deal, I think they're shopping it around right now, mm-hmm. it's going to be really helpful to so many women to be able to make them feel better about themselves. And uh, and thank you for you know sitting down talking to me. Thank you very much. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, They can find me on Instagram at Monique Parent. M O N I Q U E P A R E N T. I know it's it's deceptively simple. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They can find me on Twitter. Same at Monique Parent. I have a website that I am very bad about updating and keeping current with, but it's there, uniquemonique.com. And you have the YouTube videos. And then I have my YouTube videos. So you can always find me on YouTube. Just look for Monique Parent. Fantastic. Well, Monique, thanks again. And why don't you go ahead and uh, say goodbye to everybody. Well, I love you bunches. You have an awesome rest of your day, and I will talk to you very soon. And I hope you enjoyed uh, that episode with actress Monique Parent. Of course, uh, you should be following me. I am on Instagram at Billy is Prasita. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at the Billy Prasita. And if you want to stay, uh, if you want to be filled with some uh, fun, sex-positive memes and sex-related articles, as well as important man whore podcast updates, go like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. Um, as always, we like to get your email. So if you want to send me uh, a comment, a question, your booby pictures, you can send that on over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to ask something for me and Megan to answer, maybe to answer together, or maybe just because you want to hear Megan's point of view, uh, let us know if you want uh, us to answer a question on the Corona cast. Gonna go twice a week with this thing, you know, until until everything goes back to normal. You don't have to subscribe to anything new. You're just going to get extra episodes in your feed. Again, the email address is manwhorepod at gmail.com. Last but certainly not least, uh, if you want to connect with some like-minded people uh, over the internet during these times, don't really know who you can talk to about the fun, slutty sex stuff, hey, I got a community you can join. 
Join your fellow fan whores on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, I'm going to be providing a, a whole program of activities for you to connect with people. Uh, and I'll be dropping that in a day or two uh, for the next week. And not for nothing, it, it helps, you know, keep food in this in this whore boy's mouth. So again, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast. Uh, I'm still trying to hit 600 patrons to celebrate my six year anniversary before April 16th. So uh, let's hit that mark. Help me hit it. Okay, we're over 200 patrons. The minimum pledge is $2, and uh, it's something we can all do together. One more time, patreon.com slash podcast. Next week's great. Next week, we've got on Taylor Leanne Chandler. The name sounds familiar. Well, Google her and Michael Phelps and have yourselves a ball. And then uh, in a couple days, you're going to hear some more of me and Megan with Corona Cast. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. Stay the fuck home. And stay slutty. All right, friend. So it didn't take me long after starting to listen to the Man Horror podcast that I decided that I wanted to be someone that contributed to its production. I became a Patreon member and I got added to the Champagne Room and to the Peep Show. I love the Peep Show and I don't really know that I could ever let it go. It's a place of comfort. It's 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 like your best friends your best friends that all know exactly how to cheer you up or how to make you smile everything about the peep show is about making everyone in there feel very good you can say that you're having a bad day and people will send you a folder full of puppies whenever you're lonely or sad or confused or you want to know more about a subject or a person you can find all of that there and that's pretty remarkable and Billy built that and I'm happy you're a part of it <laughs>